Hey, listeners out there, uh, this is your boy Marlon and Isaiah. New podcast hitting the streams starting right now. We just talking episode one. We will be discussing MMA and whatever we want to talk about going through the world. Uh, we had a podcast previously called Devil's Advocate. People loved us talking about MMA. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. Isaiah, man, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. It's a it's a brisk Sunday morning, and I'm I'm ready to get into talking about some fights that happened last night. It was a pretty pretty stacked up card, pretty good fights all the way through. Yeah, uh, man, fuck my shit. Be all right. There we go. So, let briefly touch base. You can go ahead and go first on it, and then I'll I'll follow up. Uh, tell us a little bit about your. When did you start watching MMA? And give us three of your favorite fighters currently. Um, I can say that I probably started watching it in 2010-ish. I used to have that original UFC game that came out in like the mid-2000s where like the best fighter was like Chuck Liddell and things of that nature. Was it? I watched it, but I didn't get really, really into it until later on. I think the first big card that I watched was um, Anderson Silva and Chael Sonnen at uh, the old house that you, Dre, and Niz lived in in Chandler. That was the first time I really got some exposure to it, like watching it all the way through. And then whenever I got ESPN Plus um, and they did the deal, UFC did the deal with ESPN, I've just been watching it pretty steady for the past, I, I would suffice it to say, about three years. And every every fight night, every fight night, I'm trying to catch it, every single one, because I just love watching it, man. I love seeing the the chess match that can happen, and I like seeing huge knockouts. Um, but I can probably tell you right now, my three favorites got to be Izzy, Adesanya, a lowbrow guy. Michelle Perea, even though he has absolutely no gas take, I just love his energy. He uh, does a bunch of crazy things in the octagon, and he's got good hands. And then, man, I'd probably have to say Corey Sanhagen, even though he's lost his last two. This broke my heart because I think he got cheated against Dillashaw. I'll, 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 I'll die on that hill. But – Probably those three at the moment. I think he's a. I think he's a great fighter. Those are mine for sure. What about yours? So, I'll, I'll first off, I'll start it by saying I've been watching UFC since. Not even just UFC, but MMA since I'd say probably around two thousand three, two thousand four, uh, when when DJ moved from California back to Oklahoma. He was huge on it, and obviously his favorite fighter at the time was uh, Chuck Liddell, and I used to just be a Tito Ortiz fan, not because I thought Tito was the greatest, but just back and forth with one of my best friends at the time, so uh, I've been a fan since then. Um, I've watched in and out, I'd say. Uh, after Anderson Silva, when we watch Anderson Silva break his leg, Mm-hmm. That I stopped watching for a while, like, like consistently. And then I want to say about 
three or four years ago, whenever I worked at Hobby Lobby, I started talking to Pharaoh all the time uh, when he was loading the line and we started talking about it. So I started watching it more and more. Three favorite fighters currently, I would say at the top, Max Bless Holloway. Uh, I just know when homie fights, it's going to be a good fight and like it's not gonna it, it, there will be a filling out process but you know with the max holloway fight it's yeah, not going to be hand. too yeah it's not going to be too much bs and right it's going to be straight to the point um i'm very upset that i missed his last fight uh we were obviously we were playing softball in in texas and yeah. i was a little too intoxicated and just got out of the hot tub and passed out and missed it but uh yeah <laughs> max is at the top right behind max i'd say is peter yawn he or Pewter Yon, uh, he to me is an, a, a legit assassin. He's that boy got hands. That boy is strong. That boy can wrestle. He brings a little bit of everything, and he's young. He's like twenty seven, so yeah. uh, I could see him him being great for a while. And then third is new addition, uh, especially after last night. Tai Tuivasa, he's Ooh. a fan favorite. He. Yeah. He continues to get better. He's what everyone wanted Derek Lewis to be. And like we can discuss that later when we start talking about 271. But mm-hmm. he's one of my favorite fighters now. He's very active and he's just there to do his job. Like he says, I'm here. I don't care who it is, when it is, just let me know and I'm here to bang with anybody. Pause. Yep. So but yeah. We proved that's, it. We proved it last yeah. night for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh speaking of which, man, uh two seventy one. Like you said, is a is a solid card. Um, what did you think of it as a whole? As a whole, I'd probably uh, out of ten, I think I'd give it about a seven point five, seven point two. You know, there was some early some early fights that kind of set the energy, kind of set the tone for the entire night, and a lot of times uh, fighters feed off of that, especially. I think the the early the even the early prelims kind of had a different energy about them, you know. Especially, I I was really excited to see that dude Blood Diamond fight because his name is Blood <laughs> Diamond, and he got treated like <laughs> he, he got submitted, you know. And then I think there was like almost two, well, I think two subs in a row, and then I missed a couple fights uh, driving over. First to my brothers, and then him and I carpooled over to your house. But after that, man, it was it was a pretty solid fight the whole way through. Uh, even the one uh, women's fight on the card, they were they were trying to throw some hands. I didn't realize that that Roxanne Mata Fairy lady was so old. I'm glad she yeah. left the gloves at <laughs> the octagon, man. And then even being a little nostalgic, seeing uh, Andre Arvlosky fight again, I think that was pretty cool. But the the main card was all the way through. It was it was pretty good. I'd say about seven point five. Yeah, and I I agree. And I also think this is one of those cards that you get early early in the year. Uh, I UFC doesn't really put on banger cards where it's like from top to bottom. It's just so energizing uh, that it's like the the December fight cards or the the New York one that was headlined with Kamara and Colby. They don't put those on except for December and summer. So uh, this one for the time being was was perfect. Uh, it was it gave you a little bit of everything. Um, 
as a, I know somebody that's watched MMA for a while, I'm not going to say I'm a professional. I know exactly what I'm talking about, but I will say it had something for everyone because casual fans don't want to watch chess matches. They want yeah. bloodbaths and people getting slammed and subbed and whatnot. They don't like the, the chess match. That's why you'll hear a lot of fight, like the crowd booing, uh, like they did in the main event at the beginning because they're filling each other out. So, yeah. um, there was a little bit of everything. Like you said, there were some KOs. Uh, there was a bunch of submissions. Um, Blood Diamond got treated. And it was funny because the dude that he fought, Jeremiah Wells, uh, he started off running around the cage. And it, and looked, like his toe, yeah, it looked like his toe got caught in the, the cage. And he said, he said, I rolled my ankle. And Blood Diamond came over and then got just absolutely treated. And I feel, I feel for Israel Adesanya because his teammates – they're trash, bro. Like, not all of them, obviously. <laughs> Dan Hooker is his teammate, and then I believe Kai Kai Franz is his teammate. Yeah. But, like, the the people that are coming up or on the undercards that he always watches, they get treated every yeah. fuck. It's like, I'm like, man, are they setting the tone for Izzy to come out and lose? And yeah. obviously he doesn't, but good God. Well, and especially, I mean, we did watch two people literally get choked out. <laughs> like all the way out, like they didn't tap. They 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 took it. They they weren't gonna they weren't gonna tap. They they tried to fight through. I think that's what made it worse. Is you got people on his team that he's like, yo, this is what I'm representing. <laughs> and then they get they get fucking mollywopped in the middle of the card, like. And he has to watch that before he gets ready to fight. Man, it's well. I think for him. Seeing that, he's like, oh, man, I got to put on a crisp, like, clean performance. That's almost what I think. Because this past couple of fights, they're going all five rounds. And, like, he hasn't knocked anybody out in his last three fights. Yeah, he hasn't knocked anybody out since uh, Apollo Costa. Costa. Yeah. yeah. We, we can we can get more into Izzy as we get through. Uh, which which fights you want to talk about in detail? You want to start with the, the main three? Or is there any pre, like – any of the other fights that you want to kind of go into detail and discuss? Um, man, I got to say probably top to bottom, the one that I kind of wanted to talk about the most was the early prelim fight, the third fight on the card, uh, Sergey Mazarov and mm. Douglas Sylvia de Andrade. Bangers. Yeah, that was like through and through, even though dude got literally choked out, unresponsive, laid on his, <laughs> laid on his back. Like, they were throwing with each other. It wasn't until Deandraj, towards the back half of the round that he choked him out in, really pressing the issue because I thought he was going to get knocked out, like, three times through the first, like, I don't know, first six or seven minutes of the fight. Like, even though, I mean, round one, clear winner for uh, Mazarov, and then round two, it was just like he was keeping a steady pace. And then whenever he got fucking choked out, I was like, oh. But you could tell he was he was doing that scared running around the cage. But Dayon Drives looked good, man. And for that weight class, I mean, you win, a couple, of, yeah, you win a couple of unranks, and then they'll probably throw you into somebody in the top 15. And, I mean, as long as he polishes up, you know, his uh, his boxing uh, a little bit, I think he, I don't think he'll be bad. What did you take from that fight? I took uh, heart from Andrade. Uh, he he got cut early. 
I believe, uh, on, bad on his eye. Yeah, it yeah. was really bad. It was it was it was in a good spot though. It wasn't in his eye or anything, but it was a bad cut. It was terrible. And like you said, he was getting treated, knees, elbows, everything. And it yeah. was it was real like there's a point where I was like, okay, there's no way that he's gonna win this. And even the finishing sequence, bro, I was I me and Elizabeth were in here screaming at the TV because whenever he dropped him and uh, the dude was shooting for a takedown, uh, shooting for legs for dear life, uh, he rolled him over and, and got down, like jumped on it, like tried to take his back. And I was like, why? Just yeah. beat the beat him. Beat the hell out of him. Just beat his ass. <laughs> yeah. And he just he went for his back. And there was a second where I was like, well, I don't think he's going to get this. He kind of screwed up, screwed his chance mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Nah, choked him said, out. Nah. And yeah, that is one of those bad chokeouts, too. And like off top topic on a rant, you'll see stuff like that uh, when you watch some of these older gyms uh, or old yeah. school gyms where they teach you, like, don't tap. If you get yeah. caught in it, just go to sleep. At least you have your pride. And newer yeah. gyms, they're like, nah, you don't Talk have to be a that. tough guy. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, I'm losing one way or the other. I mean, that's how I take it. It's like, you might as well tap, keep your consciousness. You just got to work on, you know your ground game a little bit that's how i would yeah. take it but yeah. i i just i just think for me it would be depending on where i would be fighting at if it's an early prelim i get me out of there bro i'm tapping but if, <laughs> but if i'm on the if i'm on the main card and especially for some of these fighters like like Derek lewis which we'll get to uh, and then also on the early prelim uh there was another houston guy um mana martinez who got yeah. fucking treated um those guys i don't know if i would if if I could go out like that in my hometown, you know what I'm saying? If we were fighting in yeah. OKC or something and I'm down there and like family and friends is there and shit and I'm getting treated and somebody gets me in a guillotine, like, nah, you're gonna have to put nah. me out once. Yeah. Yeah. You just yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it, I, I would much rather do that than just give up and then hold my head and be like, man, he choked me out. Like he did what he was supposed to do. But yeah. yeah. I mean it's a fight at the end of the day. Yeah. But uh, it's rare that you see two of those in one night. Two guys literally yeah. going to sleep. Yeah, that's that's some, going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Eyes open, yeah. slumped over. That's like yeah. you said. It's it's rare as hell. But uh, what other? I mean, in, oh, any others that you wanted to discuss? Like as far as um, any prelims or anything? Uh, not prelims. I mean, it was impressive to see. Arvlovsky, but there was two flights that were split decision. I felt like Arlovsky won that handily against uh, Jan Van Vandera. I, I just, I, and we were talking about it last night while we were watching the fights. Is man, how are we getting these split decisions? You know, it's and you, it's a lot of based on the athletic commission in that state. Judges look for certain things, like you were saying, and. Some judge will be biased to octagon control if you're in the clinch, if you're initiating the clinch, which to me, and, I, and you know I've advocated for this for a while, that don't mean shit. That's just somebody just putting their body weight on you. Well, that's considered you know control, not in my opinion. That's them being desperate, being tired, and just trying to hold you. Well, and some people do it before. Frustrated, yeah. Like a Derek Brunson, which I mean, we'll get to that. But that's that's certain certain fighters just do that because they they're point fighters. You'll see it. You see it uh, over. One thing I will say though about split decision: the difference between a split decision and a unanimous. 
I used to always say like a split decision means the car, the, the fight was so close that they had to give it a split decision. It's really mm-hmm. not. You can have a super, super close fight and all the judges see it the same and it's uh, unanimous. And then you can have a really, really far fetched fight. Like you were saying, where somebody like the Arlovsky fight, where we all thought like, all right, well, this if we're judge, if we're the three judges, me, you, and your brother, this is a unanimous decision because we all three have Arlovsky winning, so it would be a u- yeah. unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. One of the judges, like you said, some of the judges are like uh, octagon control. If you take the center and you're pressing the pace the entire fight, they love that shit. Others are like, yeah, obviously you got to score off of that, but we also take into consideration uh, significant strikes. And it's, it's just weird. There's no like base game plan where you can yeah. say every judge has to judge on this scorecard. It's just like yeah. if a judge likes wrestling more, if you shoot for singles and doubles, even though you're not getting it and you're pressing up against the cage for four minutes, they're going to give you control. And they're going to score that higher. And another judge can be like, you're a pussy shooting for legs. Like, fuck, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. that's just how it is. And I think that's why we're getting a bunch of this stuff. I know people have talked about fixing the scoring system. I just don't think it's going to be fixed until we have a unanimous just commission instead of state commissions. It's going to have to be just yeah. one commission. And these are the, the actual rules. And they have to be enforced. You do not get biased for ground control, et cetera, et cetera. It's a rule saying, this is how you score this. This is how you score this. This means more than this, et cetera, et cetera. And then everybody yeah. has to do it. And then if if they don't do it correctly and you start getting some of these screw jobs and stuff, mm-hmm. they got to go. You are, all right, yeah. well, hey, thank you for your services. Get the fuck out. Yeah, that, man, that's... <laughs> That's what I don't understand about them, especially because it was the it was the same judge with two cards where I mean two fights that he scored it to the other fighter. That's what made it the split decision. It was yeah. twice. I think it was back to back. I think it was the Casey O'Neill um, fight, and then yeah, right after yeah. that, it was the Arvlaski fight. Back to back, you get a split decision. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy. That's, it's it's nuts because, like I said, it. I, that's one thing Dana's been fresh, not just Dana too, like when the Fertitta brothers were running the UFC and now Sean Shelby and they, they're frustrated because there's really nothing that they can do. And they are at the mercy of these athletic commissions. And it's just, it yeah. sucks. Big time, man. Big yeah. time. So at this point, man, we might as well just get into uh, the the three, the three big ones. <laughs> Boy, howdy. I'll, 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 t- I'll take the first one. Uh, my assessment of Brunson and Cannoneer. I hate Derek Brunson. I hate watching him fight so much. I hate it. And I'm not trying like I enjoy wrestling. I can I'm fine with it. I don't want listeners to think, oh well, this guy just hates wrestlers. And no, I enjoy it. But yeah. set up your takedowns. You know what I'm saying? Homie just, at you just shooting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's about to swing. I'm shooting. Uh, yep. Oh, oh what, what do I do next? Uh, shoot. Uh, shoot. Uh, shoot. And it's just like like two rounds and you, you've shot 13 times. And like, yeah, yeah you had success. But like, I, I just, I, you, he dropped him at one point on the feet in the first round. Mm-hmm. And he, he went down with him. Cannoneer got up. And instead of trying to see, oh, is he still hurt? I should jab, jab, jab and see if he's still hurt so I can get a finish. He just kept shooting. 
And mm-hmm. when you're shooting for somebody that's rock, you're giving them every ch- like, yeah, you can tire them out, but you're letting them cobwebs clear. Yep. So they're starting to see clear, like, okay, I know where I'm at now. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I, I got this. I, I'm in the, the cage. I'm fighting, blah, blah, blah. He let him get his, his senses back. And then second round, he tried, he came in shooting wild and stuff. And then he just, yep. you get, I, mean, I pulled yeah. up the uh, takedown attempts. He was three of 13. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying, bro. Like he, when, when he got knocked out, your brother's, excitement when he stood up and was like yeah yeah that was yeah. me inside like i was like yes because i i do not like Derek brunson and it again his two fights previous darren till and kevin holland it was the same situation kevin holland yeah. had Derek brunson rocked yeah two or three times and i agree Derek brunson should have won that fight because kevin holland needs to be able to stop a takedown but he can't same thing with darren till but yeah do something, bro. Don't just take people down and just lay on top of them. Yeah. Beat the hell out of them. Go for and a submission or something. He had really good position, but he was trying to get a a sub. And I think that entire time, DC was like, yo, just, just punch him in the leg. You have <laughs> you have the top control. Like, punch him. Beat him down. Wear him down to get to that sub. But he was trying to work on the subs the whole time. I think that was middle of the uh, first round, I believe. Yes, that's he. He's one of those fighters that will he when he's on top of you. He's working a sub, but I don't think that he's working for a true sub. He is trying to make it to where the the ref doesn't stand you up. So yeah, he's just doing that so the ref doesn't stand him up, and he's knows he's winning because yeah. he's controlling you on the ground. So he yeah. knows he's one of those point fighters, and again. I'm fine with point fighters, but just that obvious, bro. Like you just like Derek Brunson, I feel like could ragdoll some people. But he oh, gets him yeah. on the like Kevin Holland, he was ragdolling him. He'd get him to the ground and do nothing. Yep. Just like And it's just like, dude, like you, beat the hell out of him. You're basically saying your striking is absolute garbage. Because <laughs> he's not he's not putting like he's not putting any sort of conceited effort into trying to made like he could ground a pound the shit out of people. His wrestling is so sharp, but that's what's so frustrating is his wrestling is so good that that's all he can do. He tried, he's tried to stand with people and it doesn't last long. He's like, uh, that was really fast and he almost hit me. Let's go to the game. <laughs> that's how quick he reacts. And then Cannonier, I, I mean, to me, up until that point in the fight, he was losing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, handily losing. And he caught him one good time. I mean, sometimes it's just puncher's luck. And Jared Cannon is a great fighter. I'm not putting anything past him. That's why I think we all were so excited that he knocked him out. But at the same time, it's like when like you're gonna get you're either gonna knock Derek Brunson out, or he's going to lay on you to win a fight. Like that's the that's the two. Those are the two sides. And especially what would have happened if Brunson wins. That's probably Izzy's next fight is going to be Cannon here. That's probably mm-hmm. going to, you know. But if Brunson wins, does Izzy, like, could Izzy actually fight a good fight from his back? Because he is going to be on his back if he fights him. 100%. I think it's going to be interesting now to see if Jared Cannon here uses his strength to try to get Izzy on the ground. 
He's not a great wrestler, but I mean, it it would be are weird you stand because, and trade with him. Well, know? so Brunson did the, whenever him and Izzy did fight, he was trying to get him to the ground. He couldn't, and then yeah. it it was so obvious that he's going to shoot. He ran into that Izzy knee, and that was yeah. all she wrote. Yep. So yeah, I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad Derek Brunson lost. I won't lie. He <laughs> said, "I'm I'm glad." Now, <laughs> the tie to Ivasa, the shoey. The Shuey King taking over, taking the, the heavyweight class by storm right now. 100%. Um, I'm fired up. I'm fired up because he just fought the number three ranked fighter in the heavyweight division and knocked him the fuck out. Uh, with the elbow, too. <laughs> with a, with a, he, like, grabbed his face. He looked at him in his eyes and the same way that Rashad Evans looked at Tito. Because well, he, he need him as a solar plexus. Yeah, <laughs> that same look of this is coming. I'm gonna have to do this to you. Take it. Like that's exactly what it looked like. And I, as we were watching it, I was like, oh, oh. And I, Derek Lewis, you just don't know what you're gonna get out of him. Like he doesn't seem like he gives a shit. Because to me, he he started to gas. He just kind of gives up. Mm-hmm. He just kind of like against Cyril God. He just like gave up. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want to scramble with these dudes. He, you know, and Taito Ivasa doesn't, you know, pull any kind of like he doesn't hide anything about what he wants to do when he fights somebody. He was like, "We're slinging and banging. I'm getting in the cage and I'm fucking boxing you." Basically, like I'll throw some hard leg kicks at you to get you off my ass. And if you start throwing, I'm gonna throw with you. Like it's it's that simple. And there was a, there was a time where I was like, oh man, Derek Lewis, he he's connecting. Like one good one, it, this might be bad. But also with that is Taituivasa shows he's got one of the strongest chins in that division, or possibly even the UFC. He it was snapping his neck back whenever Derek Lewis was catching him. And then Taito Ivasa was like, oh, we throwing now? And they started throwing. (laughs) Yeah, they started throwing. And I think somebody said it. I think my brother or you might have said it, but you saw that look on their faces of how tired they were from doing that. And then Ty just literally looked at him, grabbed him, grabbed grabbed his throat, basically, or pressed him up against the cage with his left hand and threw that right elbow and. Derek Lewis dropped. That was a clean knockout, in my opinion, because Taito Ivasa didn't even have to jump on him. Yeah, Derek he Lewis walked fell. away. Yeah, he walked up on him, and then I think it was uh, – was it Mark? No, it wasn't Mark Goddard. It was uh, Rosenthal. No, it wasn't Rosenthal. It was the big bearded dude with the sleeve tats. I don't know his name, but, yeah, he just jumped in between them. I was like, damn <laughs> And at this point, Derek Lewis has gotten beat up twice in his hometown. Uh, you got to fight some lowbrow dudes. You got to you got to clean house with a couple lowbrow fighters. At least that's what I think he wants. That's what I think he wants, though. He Derek Derek Lewis is not. I'm trying to think of a perfect person. He Derek Lewis doesn't want to be a champion. He wants to be a celebrity because he's making money off of it, and that you can tell that's what he wants to do. He's he. He hasn't improved as a fighter since he no. since he burst onto the scene with the my balls is hot. 
shit. He's yeah. the exact same fighter. I'm a gas early. Yeah, I can throw high kicks and jump and spin kicks and all that shit to get the crowd to say ooh and ah, and then I'm going to gas. And once I gas, if I can't get you up out of there, if you hit me hard, yeah, if you hit me hard, I'm going to sleep. Yeah, I'm going to lay down now. Yeah. That's what he did against Cyril Gaon. He covered up. Like, he didn't try to scrap nothing. nothing. Yeah, he's, he's just not, I mean, like I said, he will knock you the fuck out like he did Curtis Blade. Blades when he uppercutted his soul into heaven, but that's I mean that's what he is. He's a he is a he's the heavyweight's version of uh, like Cowboy Cerrone. He's just a gatekeeper. Yeah. He's a gatekeeper. Cowboy Cerrone had his chances too and got beat up. Uh, so yeah. that's 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 my take on Derek Lewis. Uh, Tai Tuivasa, he's a better like I said, he's better than Der- he's a better version of Derek Lewis. He yeah. I think he can improve his gas tank, but like you said, the the thing that works to his favor is he's a heavyweight, so he doesn't have to be too yeah. technical. He he just yeah. has to work on his gas tank, and yeah. for the most part, heavyweights are going to do one or two one of two things: they're either going to stand and bang, or they're going to it's going to be a super wrestling match like it was with Francis Ngannou and Cyril Gaon. Yeah. The reason that Stipe is viewed as the best heavyweight of all time or him or Kane Velasquez and, and some of those guys because mm-hmm. they were more mixed martial artists than most heavyweights. Yeah. So yeah. Ty, I mean, this was a great measuring stick for him. I think he, he should fight uh, maybe Curtis blades or someone mm-hmm. like that next. Yeah. And, and then if he gets that, if I was him, I'd come out and say, give me a fucking title shot because yeah. I mean, at that point you've beaten two of the top five guys why not? He, he was 11 or yeah, he was 11 and Derek Lewis was three. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just knocked him out in his hometown. Yeah. You put, give him me another five. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Give me so another guy. Five, give him somebody guy else. That's like at, at like eight, you know, like, I don't know who's at eight right now in the heavyweight division, but give him the number eight ranked fighter in the heavyweight division. He beats him. Okay. You bump him up to like a three or a two. So now it's, you're you're in the Cyril Gaon, you know Francis Ngannou steep steep range with those, you know. And if you can do some work against them, maybe get it to a decision or beat Stepe or Cyril Gaon, which right now I don't see happening just because his size. He's real. He's short. He's a short, you know, heavyweight. Those guys are taller. But yeah, you know, if he keeps working on it, man. I mean, yeah, like you said, title shot. Why not? If yeah, I give him Rosenstreet or whatever. Yeah, that wouldn't be or bad. Alex, I can, or Alexander Volkov, and and yeah. for for Derek Lewis, I mean, at this point, he's thirty seven. I would give him like Greg Hardy and let him go out on that. He'll probably knock Greg Hardy out, or he's going to get knocked out again. We'll see, and yeah. go from there. Yep, I, I mean, I agree with you. I just man. Greg Hardy fights on the next card, and I really hope he loses. I just because <laughs> this is Greg Hardy, bro. I just don't like him as a person. Yeah, he. I mean, it is what it is. I I feel like he had the he has the opportunity to be a, a superstar uh, because again, it's somebody that everyone wants to lose because of his track record. But mm-hmm. he ran into Tai Tuivasa and got his ice hole up his last fight. So it is what it yeah, is. He did. Yep. Yeah. So. We'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm actually hoping for big things out of Greg Hardy this this year. Uh, not that I like him or anything. I just know he's super athletic. 
and we could see him drop bombs with some guys. He just got to polish up, but man, yeah, that's for sure. Man, who knows? Who knows? And then the most boring fight of the night. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I, I will say, I was talking to I was talking to some friends about it this morning. That's how Izzy's going. Israel Adesanya. That's how his fights are going to be for the rest of until he fights at light heavyweight. Mm-hmm. And it's not a detriment to him. It's not saying like, oh, Izzy's just boring now. These the people that that fight him, they have to fight that way. They, they if if you if he just comes out or if whoever's fighting him just comes out and rushes and whatnot, he'll put him to sleep. He showed that Paulo Costa. If you stand in front of him and you try to exchange with him constantly, sloppy, he'll knock you out. Yep. So that that's how his fights are gonna go. Mm-hmm. Um, the fight to I me would. was the real quick. The fight to me wasn't. Mm-hmm. I it was a chess match. I zoned in and out of it. I won't lie. Um, mm-hmm. I I'm glad Izzy showed that he can get up off of his back. Uh, he did get taken down a few times that I thought he shouldn't have. Um, but yeah. one thing I will say, if he fights somebody who is a master at Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, they'll choke him out. And the reason I say that is because. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is hella chess, and they set traps. Izzy, whenever he got, when they shoot, he is scrambling so hard to get up. Mm-hmm. They'll set a trap for him. He was oh, yeah. he was just throwing caution to the wind when Robert would shoot, and as soon as he would get down, he would just he would give his back up. He would give all this stuff up just to get up. And I'm not trying to downplay Robert Whitaker's uh, like technique and whatnot, but you don't do that shit to Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts. They'll choke you the fuck out. So that's my assessment of the fight. Yeah, I will give a big hats off to Robert Whitaker. He was throwing, and he was and he was tagging him. He, uh, it just you know, it's one of those. This will especially in a different um, state, other than fighting out of you know Las Vegas, Nevada, bro. Uh, it was one of those fights. He didn't beat Izzy. It was just a good fight. You know, there were certain things that Izzy was doing. Izzy was catching him, you know, doing his Izzy thing, you know, hit, getting the leg kicks, you know, tr- getting out of the takedown attempts or scrambling, getting up really quick from the takedowns, you know, just fighting the clean fight. That's what he's going to do, like you said. You have to reach that point to get him um, anxious, not necessarily frustrated, but desperate. And there's, in my opinion, there hasn't been a fighter that pushed the pace on Izzy since Gastelum. And that was a younger Izzy. He's a lot better than he was then than he is now. I mean, now than he was back then. And yeah, if he fought Gastelum today and Gastelum used that same approach, he'd probably destroy him. Yeah. And so to me, I mean, and Bobby Knuckles, his boxing looked great. He was, he was, he was bouncing, he was bouncing that head back several times it's just one of those and that's why i get so frustrated not to rehash but i have to point it out man like if you score that fight you you say okay you got a round to izzy you got a round to whitaker you got two rounds to izzy and the fifth round goes to whitaker in some judges eyes the moreno figueredo fight you know bobby knuckles is the new champ if you're basing it off of that Mm, there's there's some huge differences though, uh, just because out of brass stacked to compare, 
Uh, Figueredo knocked down Moreno twice. So yeah. that's that holds more weight than anything that Robert Whitaker mm-hmm. did. So uh, but, I think the reason they gave Figueredo the fight is because I think they scored one of those rounds at 10A Figueredo because yeah. he had the two knockdowns. Well, on top of that, I mean, do you, how many knockdowns do you – I mean, not knockdowns, but takedowns do you score for Bobby Whitaker? Uh, five? I was six? Because he, he got a, it's it's hard it's hard too though because the judges takedown is different than what fighters uh, score takedowns because Colby mm-hmm. Covington took down Kamara Usman but based off of the athletic uh, the athletic commission's <laughs> definition of a takedown they didn't score a takedown for him so it's like mm-hmm. what is a takedown even Kamara was like yeah he took me down but it, they're mm-hmm. like no we didn't score that as a takedown so it, it's it's weird. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so he was four of ten for four, the takedowns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, three minutes and forty seconds, or three minutes and forty seconds of control. Uh, significant strikes. He was outstruck by twenty. Uh, well, and total strikes too. Yeah, and I think the huge difference is the Izzy style of kickboxing fighting, where you look at the leg stats. He was twenty nine of thirty eight. Yeah. And he's comfortable doing – he's comfortable fighting that fight. He doesn't have to – like a lot of people don't like Izzy because they're like he he just – he'll do that all night. And it's like, yeah, his Why goal – his object, yeah, his objective <laughs> is to win the fight. It's it, – it, yeah, I don't know. It's – his objective is to win the fight. And if you're not going to come out – like he's the champ. He doesn't have to like come out. And as a challenger, you necessarily don't have to. But if you're going to give him a leg kick all night, he's going to leg kick you. So you have to make adjustments. And, and Robert did do that. I think he just started too late Yeah, in the fight because he got sat down in the first round. And it yeah. was, the first round was a clear Izzy. The second round, you could make the case it was either or. The third round mm-hmm. was Izzy. And then I think all three of the judges uh, – no, two of the judges scored the fourth and the fifth round for Robert Whitaker. So – yeah. It, because then he finally got a little bit comfortable. He knew how to kind of touch him. He that left jab. He was throwing that left jab out there, and it was catching him. That left jab was working for him really great. And he, you know, that's why I'm saying like I was I was really impressed with his striking. His boxing looked really good. Whenever he was connecting, they looked like they were doing some damage. They looked like a significant strike. But then you look at the stats, and he was what was he fifty. He was 38 of 105 for the head. And Izzy was 36 of 108. So then you're like, oh, well, there wasn't that big of a difference. It just looked more damaging. You know, the first thing that you're going to really, before we've, we ever pull up any stats on any fight, we're, we're basing everything off of visual. You know, and to me, those looked like they were more impactful. But then, you know, you look at the stats, you're like, oh. Maybe it's because it is an emotional, you know, view for us. Like, yes. oh, could could he do it? Ooh, yeah. ooh, he caught him, you know. But at the end of the day, it didn't mean anything because they were about the same. They were about even on the head, but the the huge difference was the body the kicks. and the and the length. Yeah, I want him to fight. I'll say, and what I've learned to do for the last, I'd say, especially two or three years watch the fight and then go back the next day or sometime in the next week, rewatch the fight without commentary. 
because the commentators will say something and it'll automatically tell you, yeah, that's right. And then you will just take that take and say and just like believe it. But if you li- if you don't listen to it, you're at you're coming to everything with your own terms. So yep. it like as it comes, it's your opinion, not DC or Bisping or Rogan or Annex uh, opinion. Yeah. So it's yeah. it, it's weird uh, too because like in that fight, I clearly I, like I saw Izzy winning, but I could if they would have said like like we're like maybe a split decision or something like that for Robert Whitaker, I wouldn't have said robbery. And the only reason is because he, the fourth and fifth round was super strong. And I knew that second round was super close. So if they would have gave it to him close, I would have been like, all right, that's fine. Run it back. But uh, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have been a robbery. Robbery to me is like, um, really as people ain't gonna like this, a robbery is John Jones winning his last three fights. That's robbery. Coming out and getting treated three, the first three rounds. And then winning the fourth and fifth round and being like, what won me the fight was my wrestling in the fourth and fifth round. Okay. Like you didn't do anything. You yeah. wrestled, you got him to the ground. And that's, that is Dominic something was, that needs to be, be yeah, addressed was, is take takedowns are important, but if you don't do anything with the takedown, it doesn't mean anything. It's the same thing yeah. as, as if you throw a, a hard hook in it, you miss, you're doing nothing. Or yeah. if you, if you connect, but it does nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, you, you can't just be like, okay, he took him down, but he's not doing anything. We're going to score that super important compared to if the guy's on his back, throwing elbows to the guy's head, going for submissions and stuff. That's more impressive to me than you just taking him down and land there. So, yeah. Well, and especially too, everybody, I remember watching that fight and everybody else was pretty much, kind of upset but i mean i the same way that you kind of had to bring me back down from my emotional connection to sanhagen losing to dillashaw was i mean he's the champ you really got to beat his ass and you really got to show that you won that fight you know through and through and he took him down in those last two rounds and he had the control that's why they that's why john jones won yeah. And everybody was upset. I, I mean, at me, even for saying it, but I was like, I mean, that's the truth. Like, you have to, in the judge's eyes, if it goes the distance and you're the challenger fighting the champ, you have to, without a shadow of a doubt, show those judges that you were the best man on that day. If it's kind of a toss-up, nine times out of ten, it's going to go back to the champ. And that's exactly and what happened. Th- think about it this way, too. The judges don't score the round until the round is over. So... A lot of the times, like especially like Corey and his his last couple of fights, he starts the round so strong, and he doesn't end the round strong. And a lot of the times, the judge are scoring the round based on the last couple of minutes. Is yep. not saying it's right, but that that's what's fresh in their mind. A, a fight to me that I was like, I had that completely different was Max Holloway Alexander Volkanovsky too, because oh, I had yeah. Max winning the first three rounds. And uh, Volkov went in the fourth and fifth, and they gave it to Volkov. And the reason they gave it to Volkov is because even though he got knocked down in this third, I believe, with the head kick, he took Max down twice in the third at close to the end of the round. So they gave him the round. To me, I'm like, that's bull. Like, it it doesn't make sense to me because I'm like, he took him down. He did nothing. Max beat his ass and dropped him in that round. 
but you're scoring takedowns closer to the end of the round. So I, I kind of understand what the judge judges do. Not saying yeah. it's right, but but fuck the judges. Yeah, I I mean that's like you said, it's so hard because we're not judges. We're we're just doing the eye test, but you know. Mm-hmm. Our emotions get involved, and sometimes even our biases, we can't see past it. But I'll tell you straight up, like, there's been some times where I'm like, like, the Aljo-Yan fight, I wanted Aljo to win. I don't know, maybe because he's black. I mean, I'll just be honest with you, 100%. But Piotr Jan was beating his ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no, there's no way if that fight goes the distance. Aljo would have had to do so much with those last couple of rounds. Because that was, what was that, in the third? No, it was round? the fifth. It was either it was, the fourth, the the fourth the or the fifth. Yeah, he yeah. just beat the hell out of Aljo yeah. the entire fight. Yeah. And- he would have had to knock him out to win that fight, yep. 100%. And off of an illegal knee to the head, literally, that is the saving grace of Aljo being the champion. And he I hasn't fought think, since. Yeah, I do not think that they win. I, I do not think that he wins if they run it back. Not even close. I, I don't think it's going all five rounds, honestly. No, I think he'll knock him out because Jan's ground defense was so good against Aljo, the wrestler. It was a stab. When, when, and this is what I told you as well. Uh, after the Sanhagen Jan fight, I was like, I think the only person that can push Jan in that division is Sanhagen because mm-hmm. Aljo, and what everyone says, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, Aljo starts fights so fast. And by the halfway through the second, which you've seen it in the Yon fight, he gasped because mm-hmm. his pace is so frantic. I remember as as soon as I seen it, I texted uh, some friends and was like, "He's there's no way he can keep his pace up. And he gasped and got yeah. beat the fuck up. And he, he went Derek Brunson mode. Shit, it's not working. Shoot. Oh, my God. Shoot. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And Yon was tripping him kicking his legs out from underneath him, yeah. ragdolling him, and was just talking shit the entire the entire fight. And I don't see anything changing because from all, from what I've heard uh, in interviews, Peter Yan is a beast. He's just yeah. – he's a really he, – he, he can sambo wrestle you like Khabib. He just doesn't want to. And Izzy said in, a, uh, in an interview, I sparred with Yan. And as soon as I sparred with him, I was like, oh, yeah, he's – He's a, a dog. And that's somebody who's yeah. what featherweight, lightweight, well, four weight classes up. Yeah. That sparred like with like them a, and was like, oh, shit. Like a 40 pound difference between those two. 40, and maybe even 50. And Izzy is a world class kickboxer. That's yeah. why that's why I'm like, yeah, that dude is is the truth. But um so obviously two things in MMA that's popped up this week um that we can talk about real quick. First one, um, this one, not so much this past week, uh, but it, it did pop up because uh, Israel Adesanya became one of the highest paid uh, fighters in the UFC, um, but fighter pay. Uh, everyone's everyone's talked about it, obviously. Uh, Francis Ngannou, um, he had his fallen out with the UFC. However, um, they've already had their meetings. Like they've, uh, and Izzy said it in the post-fight, they met with Francis after his fight, Mm-hmm. Uh, they had dinner with him or something. He went back to Cameroon and then he's going to come back sometime shortly uh, after his surgeries or something. And they're going to meet with him again to try to restructure his contract. What Dana and the UFC are saying to people, but people don't like, like to listen to it is once you sign your contract, 
we are not going to pay you more than that contract until that contract is fulfilled. So if you want to make more, you have to, you can be a champion or something like that. And then you can negotiate mm -hmm. a contract once your contract comes up. Mm -hmm. They have never went out of their way to renegotiate somebody's contract, even Connor's. Connor started making big bucks after his fight contract expired, and then he renegotiated. Same thing with Israel Adesanya. When you have people like Tyron Woodley who want them to renegotiate in the middle of it, all the company and organization is saying is, no, we're, you fight that shit out, and then we'll do it. And like, I'm not saying it's wrong where people are saying they need to pay these guys because they're slave drivers and stuff. When people say stuff like that, they're comparing MMA to boxing. That's like comparing the NBA to the MLB or the NFL to the NBA or the NFL to the, the yeah. we're not saying pay practice squad, squad guys more because it's two completely different things. Boxing yeah. and MMA are completely different. If you, if you look at the undercard guys on boxing and you look at the MMA guys on the undercard, they're making around the same. The bigger names in MMA your Izzy's, Connor, Sean O'Malley's, those guys who are draw, bringing asses to seats, mm -hmm. you never hear them complain. Never, mm -hmm. you, you never heard Izzy say anything about pay. And they even asked him. He, they said, do you feel like you're underpaid? And he was like, oh, no, no. But, I mean, like, because he's, he, he's not. If you are bringing asses to seats, Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz, mm -hmm. Connor McGregor, now, Dustin Poirier, Masvidal, yeah, yeah the Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman, like those guys do not complain about pay. But if you are going to come out and fight and that's all you're going to do and you're not going to brand and market yourself, yeah. that's on you. The UFC's job is not to market you and they're not brand you and to expose you. They give you the platform. Everything else is on you. And yeah. to me, I feel like fighters are lazy and they blame Dana White and Sean Shelby of the UFC because they feel like they're not getting the exposure they, they deserve. Start a podcast. Get on Twitch. Fucking sign I mean, some autographs. You know, and the biggest thing about Naganu being the champ is he doesn't do a – Great job of marketing himself. And you got to think, they're basically, UFC is basically a sub-company of Disney at this point because of ESPN. Yep. If you do something crazy, if you have a highlight knockout, if they're the champ, you get exposure from ESPN off the rip. They will post about you on every social media platform. When he knocked out Stipe, that's what he got. He got that. You know, he did the Toyo Tires commercial. You know, he has chances to do that, but he's on that John Jones level. John Jones felt like if it weren't for him, the UFC wouldn't be what it is today. And there is some truth to that. But yeah. since, but since, it's a what have you done for me lately? Yeah, because John, the U real quick, the U because the UFC is going to look at it as every great star, top star we've ever had, once they've been gone, we're still chugging along. So it, mm -hmm. regardless, there's all like I people thought, well, once Connor stops fighting, the UFC is going to fall on hard times. Wrong. And yeah, wrong. John Jones, another Connor McGregor and yeah, Sean O'Malley right now. Yeah, exactly. John Jones also would have been paid greatly if he wasn't a dumbass and getting high as fucking hitting pregnant ladies. And th that's that's his biggest issue. But 
Like with, yeah. with for them, they just don't want they don't want to do shit. Like they they want to fight and be paid handsomely, like guys like Sean O'Malley, guys like Tyson Fury and stuff. Those guys have personalities. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Francis Ngannou sell themselves. Yeah, Francis Ngannou had his story is tremendous. Like when he tells that story, it's like man, that's like coming from those beginnings, and I sympathize with him. But he's boring as fuck. <laughs> Nothing that Francis Ngannou does in my like. Man, like little kids don't look at Francis Ngannou and say, yo, he's somebody I want to be. But they look at Israel Adesanya and they're like, yo, this dude has drip. This dude's on fucking IG with his Lambo. This dude watches anime. I watch anime. Oh, this like they with Kamara Usman, they do the same with Sean O'Malley. This dude's got his hair. He he braids his hair. He, he dyes it different colors. He's got his podcast. He's. He's flamboyant. He's out with like celebrity. Francis Ngannou has the chance to do that shit, but he's boring as fuck. He just just don't do stuff. He, he's kind of he's kind of using that metric that they take from from boxing in the sense of, well, if I'm just a good fighter, that should sell itself. No, in this day and age where social media is the is the driving force behind a ton of money. You have to market yourself. I mean, that's just the that's just the reality of what we live in, man. I, there's no there's no other way to put it. You yeah, know, even Kamaru, Kamaru's not he's him and Francis ain't that much different as far as like you know at least personality. But Kamaru has great feuds with people. That's yes. what sells. That's what yes. sells him. Anytime he's in the ring with somebody, he's like, "I fuck, like I don't fucking like this guy." Especially with Colby, that and like huge money from that. Yeah, Francis is just like, "I'm going in there to fight the end." Like that's it. Yeah, that's that's like my whole thing is is like if you look at the stars of the UFC, they don't complain. Like Ronda Rousey never complained because she was everywhere. And the you like again, the UFC is not like do they put her on covers and stuff. Yeah, she's on the cover of games. They're not making those decisions. The gaming industry, EA is making those decisions. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because Ronda and Connor and those they are so fucking marketable that if you want people to look at a game and say I want that, you got to have some kind of personality. And yeah. I, I love Francis Ngannou and I think he's like if he hits you it's dynamite. But mm-hmm. what does he he just doesn't do anything. It's it's yeah. From an analogy standpoint, yeah. Odell Beckham has been mid as fuck for the last six years, four, four, five years or something like that. But Odell is still a star because yeah. he sells himself. He yeah. he dances before the show. He does the pregame stuff. And I'm not telling people, oh, you need to do all that stuff to make money. But if you want to make money like stars and be a celebrity, that's what you got to do. It's 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 in the blueprint. Yeah, I'll put it to you like this: and as far as the heavyweight division goes, I knew who Derek Lewis was before I knew who Francis Ngannou was. Ex- exactly, my balls is hot. Homie makes yeah. goo wop off of it. I, yeah. I if if I was Francis, I would be mad as fuck too. If if somebody below me is making more money than I am, but the reason yeah. he's making more money is because more people want to watch Derek Lewis fight and talk, and he's funny. Yeah, that's why it's it's not like it it is what it is like like that's it that's just what it is and I I yeah. get it like do I think fighter pay should increase I a hundred percent and I mm-hmm. think it's going to over time 
But to think that some of these guys, because they are the champ, are going to make goo-wop, they're not going to. If GSP was a champ in today's day and age, he probably would be broke as fuck because GSP didn't do anything either. Yeah. And like with Anderson Silva, Anderson was just an anomaly. Like he was he had so much highlights and stuff that it was you just couldn't miss it. And his feuds, his two fights with Chael Sonnen, that then put him on a whole different level because Chael was talking off the wall. So that's yeah. what you need. Like you said, you have to have Batman has to have the Joker. And if mm-hmm. you don't, it's hard to watch a show about a fucking vigilante who just beats up a new bad guy every day. But whenever you have the Joker and the Penguin and Two-Face and shit, Poison Ivy, then it becomes a little bit more marketable. Exactly. Couldn't have said it any better, bro. I'm not going to lie yeah. to that. So uh, yeah. He's going to have last to figure thing, out what bro. to do. Yeah, for real. Uh, last thing, and then we can we – can, Go from here and, and obviously watch Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, this shit probably won't be posted until tomorrow because of like getting approval from Apple and Spotify and all that shit. But how do you feel about Joe Rogan saying the N word, bro? Uh, <laughs> Joe Rogan is not a racist. Joe Rogan is not a racist simply for the fact of his background in comedy and the connections that he's made with people. Some of those clips were several years ago, and he was never calling anyone that. He was trying to have a discussion about the context of the word. He was never calling anyone that. And Izzy came out in the press conference before the fight and said, all that bullshit that y'all are saying about Joe Rogan, that Joe Rogan is not racist. He's a great man. I've been on his pocket. Like, you know, it's just people, you know, it's all stemming from the Neil Young thing and having people on his show that are from both sides of the spectrum of the two-party system, and they just want to cancel him. It's the people trying to cancel him, and the Joe Rogan Army is not going to allow him to be canceled. And it sucks that he didn't call the fight last night because of a random snafu and a scheduling conflict came up. Pause. No. Wait, let, me, let me jump in real quick. Uh, Dana addressed <laughs> that in the post-fight interview last night and said that it was all bullshit. Joe just didn't want to take heat and, and was just like, ah, I'll chill on this one. So, but yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, and I think that's good for him though. I think that's good for the fact that, you know, he's going to let some things die down before he calls another fight. And especially considering the fact that it was in Houston and Joe Rogan's based out of Austin now. You mean to tell yeah. me he ain't going to make that drive? Come on now. Make that drive. Yeah, he could literally drive to the event. Yeah. Uh, that was just a, <laughs> hey, I'm just going to let things settle and die down for a little bit because they need to at the moment. And, you know, I'll call the next one. And I'm sure that there's going to have to be meetings and everything else to kind of, you know, talk about his future. But I think Dana is going to back him up 100%. It's just the time being, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll keep things die. I'll, die I'll keep it short and simple because I agree 100% with you. I will never call somebody a racist for saying a word I don't want them to say that I say simple like and and again he wasn't calling somebody out of context saying it or anything like that and it did that the stuff was 
four to five years old, people are bringing old stuff up just to try to win an argument. That is, that's yeah. that's ch- that's junior high shit. Like that's mm-hmm. like, like oh well, when we were in second grade, you stayed the night at Billy's house, and now I'm <laughs> mad. We're in we're <laughs> fucking middle school now. Like that's that's what that is, and it's just like yeah. like people are are people want to be a part of stuff so bad that that's they just feud off of it and they're like oh yeah we're gonna get joe rogan canceled you're not gonna get him canceled he's gonna not qualify it and two weeks from now they'll be on to the next bullshit mad about fucking girl scout cookies costing more than they did last year being upset and nobody will remember joe rogan like let's be real hulk hogan on on audio said i'm glad i was not born an n-word if we were born in and he's fine as hell right now like you know what i'm saying yeah. like if i seen hulk hogan i'd take a picture with him so joe rogan is he a racist <laughs> no if you think joe rogan's a racist you're an idiot joe rogan's done <laughs> joe rogan has done more for the world than people want to think that he has so that's my he take. is he is gave he's given more exposure to some african-american people just being on his podcast like you got to think i mean my brother and i were talking about i think yeah we were all talking about it last night like Neil deGrasse Tyson was on there. He's a renowned African American uh, astrophysicist. Like, how often do you see an astro, an African American male, an astrophysicist, have an exposure like that? You don't. The comedians that he's had on there, like, come on, this is just it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, and sorry, I'm getting fired up, bro. But they, yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I've. I, like when we had this this similar conversation on our old podcast i was i did get fired up and it used to bother me but it's it's something to where i feel like this has always lived but because of social media it's more in front of everybody there's always been a group of people who get mad at everything and try to cancel stuff but at the end of the day i don't care like they if they want to cancel him that's fine like I don't care, honestly. Like mm-hmm. this, my the way that I should he have said the word no. Did he say the word yes? Am I over it? Yes. Did him saying the n word, like, did it take all the money out of my bank account and and put it in his bank account? No. Did he set me back four hundred years because he said it? No. Did he apologize for it? Yes. Am I man enough mm-hmm. to just be like, all right, whatever? Yes. Yeah. That, that's at the end of the day, people don't remember that everybody is human and we make mistakes. And the only thing you can do is live and grow. And if somebody can't accept an apology, that means they're immature. I get if somebody pisses on your mom or something like that, yes, don't forgive them. If somebody continues to step on that, like if he comes out in his next three or four podcasts and he just starts dropping N-word after N-word, then yes. Then he he should be reprimanded for that. But that shit was old. And from what I'm – I don't care, honestly. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I feel you, bro. But yeah, uh, good first episode. Not yeah, now, man, I'm excited. Ooh, yeah, bro. Uh, yeah, and and I, I real quick for the listeners out there, um, we did we did stuff like this a, a few times on the bigger cards. Uh, we we will hold like raffles or like uh, competitions where if you send us your fight card for the main three uh, cards our main three fights and you get them right, we'll enter your name to be drawn to win a $50 Amazon gift card. Everybody loves Amazon. You can get fucking anything off of Amazon. Like, let's be real. So uh, be on the lookout for that. That should be dope. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Anything you're trying to leave the people with, Isaiah? Um, 
And I got I got nothing. Just continue listening. I'm glad that uh you know we have a a strictly UFC and kind of open forum to talk about these things. I mean I'm blessed, you know, to even be able to do it. But other than that, just keep being you. To all the people out there, just keep being you. I heard that. I that, that yeah, hell yeah. We we'll, we can talk about that on a different day, but. I will say thank you for listening to We Just Talking Episode 1. We will definitely be back and be consistent. Um, if you know us, shoot us text messages to tell us what you want to hear, what you don't. If you're not in our cir- friend circle and you want to uh, reach out to us and ask us questions because we can answer fan questions on the air, my email is mlewis0410 at gmail.com. And you can shoot me in, uh, shoot me an email, put in the subject. We just talk in question and we can address, answer any question. It doesn't necessarily have to be UFC. It can be pop culture. It can be whatever the fuck you guys want, but we can definitely answer questions. Yes, sir. Isaiah, Isaiah, you want to give the people your info? So if they want to shoot you an email and ask you questions, we can answer on air. Absolutely. It'll be Devonte 1172 spelled D E V. O N T E eleven seventy two at Yahoo. Shoot me something. All right. Well, we will be back next Sunday to discuss the fight night card and whatever else we feel like it. So y'all be easy. Uh, have a hell of a Super Bowl Sunday and have a, a blessed week. We yes, out. Sir, be safe. Yes, sir.